You're listening to the Indie Echo Podcast, a showcase of independent music and the artists that make it. I'm Jordan, producer at High Five Music. Today's artist is a DJ and producer who's collaborated with singers, rappers, and myself on many projects spanning many genres. From down under, here's LT Balkan. Here we are with Luke Balkin, LT Balkin. We've been working together almost a year, so welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jordan. I uh, really appreciate you having me on this show. Um, I feel a little bit out of place with uh, the caliber of artists you've had on here so far. I've um, pretty much listened to every one of your podcasts so far. So um, yeah, this is a new thing for me, but I'm really enjoying it. So, um, and great show, amazing show, well done. Thank you, thank you. Well, you're right at home. Don't don't worry about that at all. My name's Luke Balkan. I live in a small town called Casterton, which has got uh, two thousand uh, under two thousand people. It's only a little small country town, uh, but I love it out here. Um, I grew up uh, around here uh, on the on the farm and stuff, and pretty much uh, when I went through to school, I went to away uh, to college and decided to. I was going to go and study audio engineering. I had no idea really when I left school what I was going to do, but I really love music. So I, um, you know, no real musical background, but I wanted to sort of study music as much as I could. And I moved to Melbourne and um, started working, I didn't start working, just started studying at a college there called SAE. It's just a, a college that you can enroll in. And, and at that point it was, it was very much like the analog era, you know, it was just moving on to Pro Tools and stuff and it was very raw back then and you know, I remember cutting tape at, at school and and it was a pretty crazy time, it, it, you know, we really didn't learn much, we were pretty much partying all the time and and um, that's so I met a guy there called Nicky G and he, he, was, the, um, he was a DJ and that's where the other avenue I thought, oh, well, you know, if this music thing isn't really working out, let's sort of, let's go into the DJ side of things as well. So I was still recording um, punk bands on on the weekends and going to the gigs, but they weren't really paying that well. Neither was, and neither was really DJing. So I got, when I moved into DJing, it was, you know, it was just really more about the party side of things. And, and but it was my early days of music was really all punk rock, you know. Uh, I recorded a lot of Melbourne punk rock bands, uh, Cretan's Puddle, uh, No Idea. I had a lot to do with all different types of um, punk music and stuff like that. I really started focusing on on the DJ side of things. I was DJing punk rock music. We had had a pretty cool club that I was connected with called Oxide in Melbourne. And I used to promote for that club and work there. And um, it was by far one of the best clubs I've ever played at. But my favorite part of the thing was that it was a punk club upstairs and a goth club downstairs. So at three o'clock in the morning, the punk club would shut and all the punks would go downstairs to where the goths were. So it was like this clash of cultures, but it actually used to really work. It was really fun. It was a great place because uh, 
the goths really got into things too and they were like you know they'd sword fight and they were blowing fire and stuff it was just the crazy club it was a really great scene and and i dj'd there for a number of years you know it was really wasn't anything electronic what i was doing it was just we were just dropping in songs after each other as punk rock djs did it wasn't until i moved back home i uh met up with a mate called bongo down here and he we, we really started wanting to learn how to dj as such and we didn't really have much of an idea how to beat mix or anything like that but we really just started and from scratch and and uh had a crack at it and you know it was the it was that was this probably the start of the dance music scene was probably just sort of started in in melbourne the early days of it so we decided to start running our own nights down around our local area um playing like rave shows and stuff like that we we called our first show um techno and trance night <laughs> it was we didn't even know what techno or trance were we just thought they were the sort of top hits that were playing at the at the time we were just you know chemical brothers anything like that we had no idea what we we're doing it's even a probably a step up from the states where at least when i was growing up anything with the four and the floor beat was techno that's it yeah trance that's didn't how exist it was, you know yeah. Yeah, well, we did. I don't even think I knew what trance was back then when we were playing. I don't even know why it was on our poster, but it was. My mate was DJing with turntables, and and we had a set of the first CDJs that come out as well. And we started picking it up and getting better and better at it. And we just kept ho holding these shows and ho hosting a heap of underground raves and illegal parties all the time. We we'd have bush doofs all the time. Our, one of my favorite ones was a um, one we had at, at, a, at a gun club, a local gun club, and we just uh, all rocked up out there and there was probably over 100, 200, 300 people out there. And it was an amazing night. We had, it was just one of those nights. Went into making music, well, the early days, I can't even remember the program I was using back then. It was some sort of program you probably got off one of those PC books or something back in the day had trying to make music and we bought some studio gear. I had um, a 505 and a, and a 303 uh, Roland and I had a, a Yamaha DJX keyboard and we sort of started making beats back then and having some fun with it and I don't think anything sounded any good. It was all pretty much a train wreck. We thought it was cool back then but it probably wasn't. <laughs> Then sort of nothing became of that much and had a really good DJ friend and um, we lost him in an in a car accident and that really hit home for me and, you know, sort of stopped the party scene for a while for us, for us group of friends. And I ended up moving to Adelaide uh, to work at the uh, casino up there and I was like, somehow I thought, oh, you know, let's start this again let's see where this dj and thing can kick off and maybe i can start making some tunes again and see how that goes having a residency at the casino which was pretty cool every wednesday night we'd go there and play house tracks so i actually put out this hip-hop track called sex cells with another friend 
And I thought it sounded fantastic. I was like, oh, this thing's going to go nuts. You know, everyone's going to love it. Uh, well, it did nothing. It um, got some radio airplay on a couple of stations, but that was the end of it. Back then, you know, this is early days of the internet and there still wasn't much on offer. And I think I was sending some of my tracks to get mastered and I didn't even know if the guy was mastering them or not, but I was getting them back and just going, yeah, that was sick. But I don't even know if he was doing anything with them. <laughs> That's how it was, you know. At that stage, like I was sort of finishing off my DJ career up there. I was getting sick of the club scene and and I thought, let's start production. And I met up and I had this friend called JB, John Brown, and we decided to start this group called Running With The Bulls. It was going to be all electronic. It was just basically based off anything Crystal Method or Ball Pendulum would play. We wanted to play music like that. That was our main goal. I wanted to make like a meditation album. This was ages and ages ago. And I started recording sounds and collecting samples. And then all of a sudden the electronic thing came and I'm like, oh, cool, let's make electronic beats now. I was made all these tracks and I didn't, I didn't even know what to do with them, but I was right into spearfishing at the time. And there was a, uh, a magazine that it was making DVDs and they were looking for music and I was sending them my tracks and they were putting them in the DVD. So all my tracks are like all over these spearfishing um, movies and it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, like just so, because I didn't have anything to put them out with. I was just like making them, putting them on SoundCloud and then that was it. And so to have that was pretty cool to get them in on a DVD and stuff like that. The worst thing is about it today is that half of the tracks I made, I never saved them properly. I didn't even know how to uh, save half of them and I lost so many, so many projects, so much music I lost over the time. So when I moved back home, back to the farm here, I uh, started opening up the files again and work with a ton of artists and, you know, putting vocals uh, with most of these tracks and stuff that I'd made years and years ago. And, and yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun since. And I think that's my main thing about music is just to just to have fun with it. Some of my stuff, like, uh, you know, I don't think it's amazing uh, quality, but I share it around to a lot of people. I've listened to your podcast and hear guys and they're like, they do everything. They play guitar, they sing. I don't mind anybody touching my tracks. If someone wants to listen to it and they say, hey, I think you need a better filter on here. I'll listen to it. If I don't like it, I won't have it in there, but I love sharing my tracks around and, and just trying to get my tracks up to the quality that, that I like. And working with yourself, like uh, you've, you've uh, definitely amplified my music um, to, you know, a really great standard of uh, tunes. So yeah, as a credit to yourself. Well, thank you. And it's cool that you have that you're open to other ideas because so many artists, you know, it's like, no, this is my track. It's going to be this way, you know. I think I've got a good ear for music, but I can always be blown away. I get blown away by vocalists when I give my tracks to vocalists and they've got something they've written for it and I and they send it back to me and I'm like, holy crap, that's amazing. You know, I, I love it. You know, I love getting blown away by artists 
working on your own songs and and just adding some flair to it too like some stuff i can't do like i i use um ableton and i use uh an old program called um acid pro like i've been using that program for years but it does its function and i have fun with it and i know it back to front so i just you know I find whatever you know, if you can work with something that you know, it's it's so much easier than to try and learn and learn and learn programs. Talk about Acid Pro, that was me with GarageBand in terms of just knowing it back to front. And GarageBand, even back in the day, is more powerful than people give it credit for. Yep. Logic just ends up being GarageBand Pro in a lot of ways. And so it's a, a great starting point. You can't have a hundred tracks going, but it gets the job done in, in most circumstances. Both production and DJ wise, my my idol is BT. You probably know. Yeah, definitely. He would do all these shows and he would perform live. He would do it with a laptop and a MIDI controller. And at the time, that was something people like only he did in a lot yeah. of ways. And so like, huh, what's he doing? And he's like, I, I use Ableton Live. I I you know have to play this track and use the acapella, acapella from this track and they add new beats on top of that and the bass line from this and it's like whoa 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 you're doing like matchups live like that's crazy and so that's what I started getting into I have two younger brothers and my dad from his time in a band we had these speakers in the basement and so you're like could we start a little DJ business yeah and so we started doing birthday parties and weddings and things and you know when you're mixing wedding mixes there's not a lot of room for creativity no but i I would try to have fun with it still having some semblance of a a mix going but you know the most fun gigs were the the parties with friends the halloween gigs the probably the most fun was doing like entertainment conventions and anime conventions yeah because you got to just geek out and play things that you wouldn't be able to play anywhere else. Yeah. The use of Ableton kind of translates with the production too. For, for the longest time, I was only DJing with, with Ableton. And I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to grow up, put on my big boy shoes and, <laughs> and started learning it properly. So that's kind of the, uh, the background, which brings us to, yeah, I guess your, your first full album, Seven Years Too Late. Yeah. And I guess it is the album title reflected of uh, its nature. Pretty much. The idea was seven years too late. It was that seven years ago was when I was right in the mix of DJing and, and going around and doing the whole club scene and stuff like that. And I feel that it always would have been good to bring out this album while you were doing the circuit or while you're around working the clubs. And and uh, and it may have been more of an impact if it was there. So I'm like, okay, let's just, it's its too late. It's too late to uh, do anything. And so that's uh, so it's gonna be seven years too late. You have a lot of collaborators on the album. So how did you meet some of them? Most of them were either I found off Instagram. I have a um, another master I work with called uh, Peter Plim and he got me onto Charlotte Locke uh, and she's from the UK. And I started working with her and from the first track we did, Lucid Dream, I was like, I was just blown away by uh, her lyrics and her her vocals was amazing and, and I got her to work on Higher Ground for me and and that was just another one. I was I, I would love to just continue working with her all the time. She's a fantastic artist. I'm looking at the stars now 
another guy called Brendan Nitter I work with and another guy called uh, Eric Castellegia. And your recent singles, so you have Grand Theft, and it, it kind of speaks for itself, but what's uh, what was the inspiration behind that track? So Grand Theft come about, another track that I actually made a long time ago, it was always called Grand Theft. So the, the opening beats and everything just reminded me of Grand Theft Auto. And back in the day, all I did was play a lot of Grand Theft Auto too. I love that game. The track initially always was going to be a Grand Theft Auto track. So I was like hoping I could find like a rapper that could do some really good <laughs> Grand Theft Auto lyrics for me. And um, sure enough, I found it in um, Slim Spitter. He just nailed it. He did everything I wanted him to do. I sent him a, a list of stuff that I wanted and he was like, just nailed every single thing. So yeah, Grand Theft come out, it was just perfect. Um, exactly how I wanted it. You know, I call my music uh, electronic just because it's all electronic produced. So it's just the overall genre I use, but I definitely do a bit of the hip hop thing. So um, yeah, that's how Grand Theft come about. And yourself also added in some flair into the track and did a fantastic job with the master as well. A couple stars, I ain't even worried about that. Let me go pick up my partner, I'll be right back. Got a problem called a gang, we'll solve that. A million in the bank, gotta watch it all stack. Rolling through the city, what you feeling like? About to spin around the block, looking for a fight. I'm getting money on the mission and I'm strapped up. Pull up in the wrong hood, get clapped up. Like a lot of DJs and producers, like they'll be like, oh, I have a new track. And you'll kind of know what it's going to sound like. But I appreciate when uh, an artist like is very diverse and you're like, oh, what is this going to sound yeah. like, you know? And it's like, oh, 90s hip hop, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Hearts of Mess come about. I'd done the show, so for seven years too late, uh, I was looking for an artist to help me out with the vocals and uh, over, over where I am. So uh, I was trying to do a live show. Now I found this vocalist that lives an hour away from him called Alison Newman, fantastic lady. And we started working together and I get it. She, she's like, I love these tracks. I, you know, I love High Ground, I love Lucid Dream. Uh, I want to uh, I want to sing at your show and that'd be great. And uh, yeah, so we started, she, she did a fantastic job at the show and yeah, everyone loved her. So I was like, you know, I want to do a track for her. Let's, let's, um, well, I had the track already done. The track was, uh, had been made for a while. Then we sort of collaborated and I knew it was going to um, be very similar to Free My Mind off the uh, Seven Years Too Late album. I knew that was going to be the sort of style because I had such great feedback from that track. It come out really good. Uh, yeah, definitely. I definitely love it. Uh, she's got a, a very high vocal range too. So it's amazing job what she ended up doing with the track. So I was really pleased. I actually wrote the chorus myself too. So she was like, I don't really know how mine's going to fit. And so I'm like, I'm thinking in my head of um, what, it, what it was going to um, sound like. And I said, okay, I've got these lyrics down. I reckon I reckon that they're going to work. And sure enough, I sent them over to her and she's like, and she's like they work, they work. It's amazing. And so, um, yeah, that's how it happened. So that's how Hearts and Mess was sort of born. So who is that in the mirror? I'm kind of playing everything, just hoping it become clear. Yeah.
very most recent release is Creatures. Yeah. Getting ready for that Halloween time. So yeah. the story behind that? Creatures is an interesting one. This was another really old track uh, that I'd done. I said it, I sent it to um, Peter Plim and he sent it sent it back. He worked on it and give it give the track a little bit more energy. So I started sourcing out uh, vocalists and um, came across Dan Picknell. Uh, if, he was just going to be the lead vocalist. It was going to end there. I was I was going to go. Okay, this is this is what the track's going to be about. I was in that phase where I was like, it sounds good, but. I still wasn't happy with it. I felt it needed a female aspect of the track to make it more, give it a bit more authority to it. So I contacted Amanda, told her exactly what I wanted. And um, sure enough, she uh, she did the track and she pretty much replicated Dan's vocals. And that's how sort of Creatures was born. It was just, it's meant to be a real pump up track. Yeah, definitely giving you that Halloween vibe um but just repetitive uh in your face it was always going to sound something like the presets were put out and um yeah i really like it that track yeah um my wife and the kids they they really like that track too so um yeah I, just something that's um put out that you're really proud of and uh, yeah i like creatures a lot You've already worked with tons of talented people, but is there like a dream collaboration of yours that you would, maybe another producer you would want to work with? I got a couple, a list of, of people that I, you know, definitely idolize, you know, the Crystal Method, one of them, you know, amazing. I really love those guys. You know, I love Pendulum. There's another group uh, in America called Rabbit Junk. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. They make a lot of uh, electronic dance music too. Uh, only smaller artists, but I really love their stuff. Like that really heavy electronic. They are influenced a lot of a lot of guitars throughout their music and and stuff like that. So I definitely love those guys. Um, yeah, definitely any any of those ones. I you know I'd love to collaborate with any of those top electronic artists. I don't think it ever is going to happen, but um, yeah, a dream dream one would, you know, probably be out there with, you know, Daft Punk or someone like that. It'd be fantastic too. <laughs> As we're saying, you've covered a lot of genres, but are there any that you haven't hit that you want to hit next? Maybe drum and bass? I'm not going to be pigeonholed with any sort of type of, um, you know, genre. So I'm just really open to, to doing anything. You know, I was only just thinking when I mentioned that um, that album about bringing that um, spiritual album that I was thinking about bringing, maybe I should actually finish that one day. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep making music for the fun of it. Anything that I'm, I really want to do is I'm just going to keep putting out, you know, the music that that makes me happy. And if other people dig it, then that's awesome. You know, I, I, I love people listening to music and getting feedback as well. It's fantastic, you know, hearing from people throughout the world saying, yeah, yeah, that, that song's awesome, keep that up. Definitely opened all genres. I've actually did a, um, a jazz track as well for um, Alison. So I, uh, yeah, there was a, li a 
a jazz track called Smoke that uh, I made for her. The, the finished version of that actually came out really good too. It was a really powerful track that she um, she sang over. So yeah, come out fantastic. What would you say is the hardest part of the songwriting and production process? Finishing. That is a hundred percent. My main problem was I'd start so many tracks. I would just start tracks, start tracks, start tracks. And I'd come up with these great ideas and then they go to a middle part and I'd never get them completed. I would just have these great ideas and they'd be this long of, you know, and I could never finish them. That was my main problem. And, and another thing is that I never really wanted to finish him because I knew that I wanted vocals with him, but I could never find him. Now I've got a lot more access to people and 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 other people too to help you out with your tracks too. Like I said earlier, that I love, you know, sending them off to people and and seeing what what elements they can help you out with. You know, I don't I definitely don't think I'm an amazing producer. I just have got great ideas and I try and follow through with things and finish them. You know, once I get something started, I'll, I really love that. I definitely want to finish it. And if I need a second producer to, to have a listen to it and help me give it some extra flair, then I'll definitely, you know, use those people to get that track finished. I don't, I don't see a point in sitting these things on your computer with like just not even finished or, you know, especially if you really dig them too. So if you're really enjoying your tracks get them get them finished but my my biggest problem was is definitely finishing not just finishing songs but knowing when it's finished because you can have a good you know six minute track going but you're like does it need more does it need less you know i'm really interested to, to see how your your process is though do you just have like a list of stuff that you go through and you're just like ticking them off i usually start with some sort of melodic aspect like probably the, the chords and getting like the the main sound of that going before I start adding heavier elements of drums and bass and things like that. And those can change, you know, to up to the very end where it's like, oh, let me try a different bass line here. This kick is a little too hard. Let me try this one. And so it's a lot of trial and error. It's funny because sometimes I, all I will have is a vocal and maybe like a demo piano backing to it. And I'm supposed to like just make an entire production out of it and I'll, I'll be like oh, what am i gonna do here but then four hours later it's in a completely different state and yeah i'm like whoa we actually you know we made something out of it and sometimes like for a lot of your projects they're 90 percent there already in terms of the, the the overall sound and the structure and things like that i do like when i have that baseline to work with where it's like okay we're working within these parameters so i can you know, I have a little more idea of what I'm going for here. When you're working on tracks that, um, like a, a people's tracks though, are you working in a, in a list order? 
or are you just going through multiple do you have like multiple tracks open you're like working on different projects at a time i like to do one at a time mm. of, of course the, the nature of working this way is you know i'll send a version out work on a different song that get revisions for that first one and uh so I, usually i'm juggling four to five projects at a time wow uh, with varying degrees of adjustments needing to be made. It's funny because sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll finish something and I won't be sure about it. And I'll be like, I'm not sure, you know, this is the right direction or something. And then I'll get, get back to me like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. Like, oh, okay. Okay, great. <laughs> that was probably one of my things with working with yourself, though, is that we had so much success uh, with that. That was the thing. It was like, I was bouncing tracks back to you or just getting a master back. And I'm like, oh my God, you've nailed it. Every single time. I've worked with a lot of people before that. Uh, it, I find it hard to tell people too that, no, I don't like that. That really sucks or, or anything like that. So I try not to offend them, but it's hard sometimes uh, to tell somebody that too, like when you're working with somebody that, yeah, I don't like that version or that you've they've sent back. And uh, I think me and yourself have got a good good uh, thing going where I, you know, I can send it. And if I don't like it or anything like that, you'll be like, yep, let me try again, you know? So yeah, it's having a good working relationship with people. Uh, it doesn't really matter if they're vocalists or someone doing your master or just doing a, a final mix is, you know, accepting a little bit of criticism. And I guess you probably know firsthand um, how, how that is and working with the amount of people that you do work with. Yeah, you've just got to be really open to uh, experimenting different things, I suppose. So, yeah. It's good to have, you know, trust in the people you're working with, whether that's based on their experience or their personal taste as an artist, you know? Yeah, definitely. What's next? So what do you have on the horizon? Really, I haven't, as in track-wise, I've got a couple of little ones on the go at the moment, uh, some sort of electronic numbers I'm sort of messing around with at the moment. I really want to focus on trying to put together uh, the Creatures uh, music video. I've got a, uh, a dance group in uh, the local town, Mayor Gambia, not far from me. They're very interested in um, making a dance for um, Creatures. I'm going to incorporate my kids back into the uh, music video as well. So the uh, yeah, you remember my uh, DJ bitch one that I that I um, did the filming for and and used uh, my little boy Fletcher who's three and little girl Lex. Oh, Lexi wasn't in there. She might no, she didn't play it. it was uh, yeah, Fletchy played the main character in in that uh, role. So they're definitely going to be in Creatures uh, music video. So I've sort of started shooting like little snippets at the moment, but I'm sort of just trying to work out some dates to try and knock this uh, video over. And uh, you got some cool looking drone shots. Is that going to be something in Creatures as well? Yeah. Yep, there'll be some drone shots in uh, in um, creatures. I went out. My mate gave me permission to uh, shoot an old, really old house, uh, not far from me here. So we went and uh, did some drone shots of that. And yeah, I've got a uh, spoke to another guy that's going to help me um, shoot the music video as well. So it's uh, going to be a bit of fun. It's going to be a little bit challenging. I haven't really shot many music videos myself, but I, you know, I sort of throw myself in the deep end a lot and have a go at doing anything. So uh, yeah, it's fun. Links to LT's music and everything else can be found in the show notes. Indie Echo is a product of High Five Music, a digital production studio that brings your bedroom demos to life. 
If you want your music produced, mixed, or remixed, visit the link on my Instagram, at High Five Music, and you can follow the show at Indie Echo Podcast. Thank you for listening. Run, I see them crawling. I see them run. I see them crawling. I see them run.